I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program. Welcome, everyone, to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Graham Tallman, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in virtual reality. We record our episodes live in Altspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset. Just log into Altspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in. Today, we have a game review uh, that we haven't had in a while, so I'm glad we do. It's of The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. This is the first person shooter that takes place in the world of the comic book series and show. We'll break it down, have the return of the trivia challenge, and give it our wow score. Joining me today is an old friend from the days of your VR aficionado, is it, can I call you that now? And fellow film and gamer geek, Jonathan Boys. Give it up. Oh, thank you. Be- thank you. I appreciate it. I love the emotes. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me to the Simulation Nation. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. I'm so glad we could. So so let's let's go back a little bit. So we know each other for like a really long time now. Uh, do you want to oh say where goodness. we met and how we know each other? Yes. Well, we've known each other since film school days. I mean, it's nearly 20 years. I mean, it's it's getting closer every day. So the clock is ticking. But yeah, you, I've seen you direct. I've been on set with you. I've, I've even held a boom mic, I believe, a few times on a couple <laughs> of your shows. I mean... We started off, you know, in film school. It's fun. We we started off in film school. You were in the producing department. I was in the uh, directing department, and we collaborated on d- different things and worked together as crews. And it's so funny because, you know, I feel like it's like when you go through an experience like that, it's like a tour of duty in Nam or something. It's like it's like friends for life. Like it can be twenty <laughs> years has gone by, but it somehow doesn't matter. It's just like yeah, no, it's Jonathan Boyce. You know, here we are in virtual reality. And oh like, yeah, it just feels totally natural. It's kind of crazy how that happens um oh no doubt and virtual reality brings people together even more i mean i just posted about vr and you happen to be doing a show i I love the invite totally totally yeah it's got it's kind of crazy how and then it it literally brings us together because we're in different cities and here we are in the same space and all that kind of stuff so uh you know before we before we dive into states and centers we should just talk about like I think a sec- take a second to talk about the state of the film industry from where it was 20 years ago when we went to film school to now, because it's kind of like crazy how things have accelerated, especially in the last year or two. Right. I mean, w- for us, like, so oh, we yeah. were we were in Los Angeles and like our kind of Mecca was like the Arclight and the Cinerama Dome. And they've just announced oh. that Arclight is out of business and the Cinerama Dome is kind of like on the market to maybe have somebody fill that space or maybe not. So, you know, theatrical filmmaking is kind of like gone almost like it's like it's like a dying breed i don't know do you have any thoughts on that because you're you know you're a big film guy you love films how do you feel about that oh yeah i definitely i feel like a dinosaur in many ways you know i graduated (laughs) at a time when cinema was king and now it's all about streaming and you know direct to consumer video so almost a lot of things i learned were 20th century skills and then suddenly moved into the 21st century and it wasn't just an easy move. It was a leap forward, like 20 years. So it's been a learning process. I mean, it seems like there's many, many ways to get in and new ways into storytelling and cinema. But it's been a weird year. I'll tell you that. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree that, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I love we we grew up probably around the same time in like the 90s when you had like Tarantino and like mm-hmm. Wes Anderson, all these like 80, these sort of indie boom of yeah. really interesting, awesome. Film. And it was like the, the mecca of culture. It was like that is what culture was. It was like you talk about it, you go to the movies, you do all that. And nowadays that is not really the case. Like, yes, of course, it's taking you could say that's the streaming uh part of it is just using it in a different medium but it's a whole different feel to it now right you're not going to the theater anymore so i totally agree that it feels like that was the art form of the 20th century and now you know i've said it many times this podcast i feel like the art form of the 21st century when all is said and done will be like vr fusion with like the fill the, the stories that people tell in vr and the games that you play will become so much more epic that that will take up the bandwidth of the culture and that's sort of like where stories will be told uh you won't be watching luke skywalker defeat darth vader you will be luke skywalker defeating darth vader you know um i i totally think that that's true and um you know i i i i I lament the the fact that the film industry is changing i won't say dying i'll say changing and mutating and evolving um because but Uh, By the same token, when I first put on my VR headset, like 2000 and I don't know, 16, 17, and I was just like, holy crap, like this is the future. Like I can't – it's like it's so much more of an empathy machine than even film was. You, You know what I mean? Oh, no doubt. When it comes to empathy and connecting in a virtual world and virtual storytelling, I definitely believe it's an empathy machine. It's actually going to change how we interact with people, you know, when it comes to coping and learning. I I see no doubt that that's going to be the future. Yeah. I mean, you get to live someone else's life. It's beyond just watching it and being a third party. You get to be in someone's shoes within virtual reality, which you can't beat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just feel like, you know, we all sort of have to have an open mind. And I think it's it's exciting that there's a whole new way to explore content. There's a whole new way to explore stories and stories aren't going away. Right. Like we we need stories to understand our world and to help us learn and all of that. And it's just sort of mutating into something that's slightly different. But um, in the end of the day, it's the storytelling that I love more than the 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 act of going to a theater i you know there's one other thing i'll oh, say yeah. one other thing i'll say i I, <laughs> I feel like it's i feel like it's i you know i haven't been able to talk about this with anyone in the last couple of weeks so you i'm just like just like dumping it please <laughs> please but I, I i i totally appreciate that people are like everyone go out to cinema support cinema and support <laughs> your local theaters and i'm like A part of me is like, of course, that's a great thing to do. But another part of me is like, as soon as you have to sort of almost guilt people into going to do something, it's over. Like, dude, like it should be we should be flocking there where, you know, we shouldn't be like being like, oh, shoot, I guess I have to do like charity to go to a theater. Like something is wrong when that is becoming the way that people are talking about movies. And it it makes me feel like, oh, shoot, that's the end. (laughs) You're right. The lockdown altered habits. You know, I used to be a habitual film goer, like once, twice, sometimes even three times a week at the theater. Now, suddenly it's like, oh, well, the theaters are closed. Well, I guess I'll watch it at home. And then suddenly distractions come about. I I think that's one huge change with the whole at home viewing experience is that Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to avoid distractions. And that kind of hurts the movie going experience. At least with VR, I love watching movies in VR simply for the fact that 
there's no distractions. I cut off everybody. I have my headphones mm. on and I have my own virtual theater of sorts. Um, that's mm. definitely made this lockdown more livable. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, can, definitely. I, I haven't been able to do that. You know, my my issue with virtual reality and watching something is I have I have even less attention span because I could like teleport <laughs> to a whole other world with the flick of a button and I can't stay like actually one of the things I've learned. Uh, one of the things I've learned in here is hosting these events is like. You know, interactivity and virtual reality is so important to keep people engaged. Um, and so I, I, I do feel like almost like these sort of talk show esque thing that we're we're doing here is like you need we need to you know do like trivia and do like you know there's a if you go around yes. the space you can see like there's a scavenger hunt so there's sort of like different things you can do while you're listening to us talk because to have an attention span yeah. and sit here for the whole time is like is challenging sometimes. But I I love that That's you're able to watch point. it. That's a good point. I mean, when it comes to, you know, the VR experience and interacting with story, I do think that's a really cool extension, you know, as far as even well, what we're going to talk about in a moment with the Walking Dead universe, mm -hmm. how, you know, you're able to watch it, you're able to read it, and now you're able to feel it and experience it in a new way. So I do see new opportunities. I'm definitely looking to tap into them in the near future. Absolutely. All right. So that's a per perfect segue there. So let's talk about The Walking Dead. Before we get into the actual uh, game, uh, I have to know, do you uh, watch the show and do you read the comics or are you coming at this pretty fresh? Well, I read the comics regularly back in the day. Um, oh, wow. I was one of those, you know, I'll pick up my image comics, you know, uh, my Wednesday warrior. I was the guy at the comic shop at Golden Apple nice. all throughout film school. I mean, I like I've gone digital for most of my comics now, but um, I was an avid Walking Dead reader at the height. And the show itself, I, I kept up for a while. I mean, it got to the point where suddenly I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm behind three seasons. But mm -hmm. overall, I mean, it was a compelling experience. And, you know, even for, it was open for non-fans and fans alike. I mean, there was something to bite onto. Ah, yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Who can throw in the most amount of zombie puns in the next half hour is really the question here. Um, yeah. I So my, where I come at it from, that's awesome that you are get, we're getting the comics every, uh, every week. So you're like – you go back. You're like an OG fan. That's that's really great. I I um, watched probably the first three seasons and it hit my sweet spot back then where it's like apocalypse zombies. Yeah, I'll watch that. And I totally loved it, uh, the first couple seasons. And then it kind of trailed off and I just it got too intimidating. There was too many episodes that I had missed and too many seasons and I kind of like fell out of it. But I am I would generally say that I did really love the show and I did. Uh, I was really into it for a amount of time. So I I don't know all the details, but you probably know a little bit more of the bigger world, but I don't know exactly how this game fits into the overall world. It's just kind of like, I guess in the world of the zombie apocalypse, every town has its own story. And this is one of the stories that's happening. Is that is that how you would describe it? Yes. Okay. That's the best way to describe it. I mean, the fascinating part of the Walking Dead universe is that essentially it all happens at the same time. You know, everyone experienced this terrible apocalypse in all places and they have to, you know, work with what they have. You know, the environment itself is a character for each of the Walking Dead stories. So the hometown that you start in is going to have a complete different set of circumstances post-apocalypse. You know, right. um, just like with New Orleans as the location for this one, um, it definitely had its own character, which I loved. And that's the fun thing about Walking Dead. You know, the comic will take place throughout, you know, the South and Washington, D.C., um, you know, TV shows. They had one on the West Coast as well as, you know, the East Coast. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of fodder. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and I think that the stories are similar in the sense that they are humans fighting against adversity, bonding with each other, backstabbing each other, sort of revealing their true character and then making choices along the way that sort of either evolve or devolve them uh, with the horrible circumstances they're in. And I think that this game kind of did that, too, which I, I really appreciate about it. So. Um, I don't know. What, let's start with overall thoughts. What What did you think about this game? You're you're pretty new to virtual reality, right? Like, how long ago did you get your Oculus? And is this like one of the first games you oh, played? Yeah. This is the first um, like full length um, standard um, game I've played. I mean, I, some people use the term AAA to describe you know like high profile games. This one felt like a full experience versus the shorter VR experiences I've tried thus far. Mm. So I've only had an Oculus for maybe uh, only four months or so. Right. I, I was an early Oculus, um, you know, development kit user back in the day. Mm. Um, but then, you know, after Mac support fell off, I, I kind of fell off as well, <laughs> mm. but now I'm back in the boat again. And overall, um, this game was a fuller experience. Um, it just gave me a chance to experience great voice acting, um, some really beautiful locations and just the overall dark ambiance of the apocalypse. They, they did a really good job capturing that feeling. Totally. Yeah. I'm just curious what games, what other uh, experiences do you try? Were you talking about like Vader Immortal and things like that that are way shorter? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you know, the episodic kind of experiences. Um, a lot of what I played, um, you know, I, I love um, platforming games. So I've been playing um, that game Moss. Um, it's a mm. really great game featuring mm. a small little mouse going through these mystical adventures, sword and sorcery kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I enjoy, you know, puzzle games. So it has a very Zelda-esque feeling. Um, and also, you know, Beat Saber and, you know, more mm -hmm. of the arcade experiences. You know, I, I love those kind of experiences. But The Walking Dead was a nice, meaty experience. Something right. I really spent some time on and also just get a feel for this universe. I mean, it felt like I was there. That's the best way to describe the presence overall was just amazing. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I have to, I have to preface this all. I, I have to sort of preface everything by saying that, um, uh, that Half-Life Alex is like the uh, Mount Everest of games. Mm. And I feel like this one owes a lot to, um, Half-Life Alex. Um, but I, it, you know, so the, when I, my overall thoughts, when I started this, uh, when I started playing it, I was like, well, you know, um, the fact that you have to go through an environment and then come back and then keep going through and then scavenging and coming back. I was like, well, they're sort of yes. like using up the same um, sort of worlds and environments over and over again. I was like, I don't know about that. And then like the fact that you can get tired and you kind of uh, you have to slow down every <laughs> once in a while. I was like, oh, that's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know about that. And like the graphics, of course, were, weren't quite as good as, as like a Half-Life Alex or something like that that but then you know the interesting thing is i actually um once i got over those things i really got hooked on it and i kind of like i wanted to like go back to that world every day and i think part of it was they really did a great job of the story um and also oh, yeah. uh, i you know the fact that you are 
Um, you sort of have two storylines that you're following and you're kind of navigating through all these different worlds and you go back to your home base and it, it, it feels very realistic. Like there's nights and there's days you have to go sleep at night. You can't go out uh, and you have to go and you find these items that you can then concoct your own weapons and things like that. It started to feel like, yeah, this is like really immersive feel for what it would be like in the apocalypse. And so I kind of started to appreciate that after a while and be like, okay, I can have a chill. I, I can have a chill experience tonight where I don't have to go and like fight a zombie horde. I can go back to an older area and just scavenge and like get a bunch of stuff and build some cool tools. Um, so I, I think I, I sort of, um, on the one hand, I kind of like the, 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 the shroud of half-life Alex kind of parted part of the way through. And I started to experience this and enjoy it for what it was. And also recognizing, you know, that, that it's, it's unfair to compare two things that are different, like different, um, different gaming consoles almost right like that's basically oculus rift yes and it's like so much uh, you know they've got so much more to play with um and so i feel like that made me appreciate this even more that it's like yeah but this is like an a straight oculus game and it's like pretty great you know it's and it's pretty extensive that's the difference yeah i think that's a good point point. and the fact that you know it's running directly on your device you're not plugged in it's all wireless yeah uh, that is a great benefit you know i i like the concept of pc vr but it's always that juggling act of you know performance and just being tethered down i i never could get into it so that's one nice benefit because for the game yeah, there's so much movement, you know, right. all the melee weapons. I mean, you're really swinging. Right. So I'm glad I don't have a cable right. kind of connected in oh, my yeah. head as I'm swinging around and half motion and running, you know. Totally. That's a really good point. They, they uh, that they um, you have a lot more motion that you can than you can do in, in Half-Life Alex and some other games. Half-Life Alex, you're just basically shooting this one. You're yeah, you're wielding um, like some crazy like there was like a Freddy Krueger weapon at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was like that like like, saw, the saw a, axe a pipe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like these crazy ass guns, and then those like baseball bats with the spikes, and like there's some pretty pretty wild oh, yeah. stuff that goes on. It's it's true. No, the crafting was one of my favorite parts. It's right. like the fact you have like multiple tables to make your own food, make your own weapons. That's why I loved it. It was multiple layers to the game. The fact totally. that I can make some nasty nutrient stew out of right. some, you know, baked bean cans and random items I find. I mean, even the fact that the food you find actually makes you sick. Right. Like I, 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 the first right. time I experienced that, I'm like, oh, great. I found a can of beans and I'm right. eating it thinking I'm going to get some health. And instead, oh, I'm somewhat poisoned. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, I'm like botulism or whatever. Yeah. You, you get stamina, <laughs> but then you lose health. So I, I also love how everything is so interconnected. Like everything feels so real. Like at first I was kind of like uh, a pissed. I was like, oh, man, these weapons like lose their power after time. But I'm like, oh, yeah, but there's a durability element to it. That totally makes yeah. sense that like if you were in this environment, you would have to be constantly like jerry rigging things to work and you wouldn't have like a weapon for the entire game. So it completely started to make sense to me and be um, something that was immersive and interesting for sure. That's. Oh yeah. And also it altered my gameplay because sometimes I would freak out because my favorite weapon would start falling apart. You know, they'll right. give it like a little red halo as a reminder. It's going to break soon. I'm right. like, it's my favorite baseball bat. Right. I don't have time to get another one. So it, that did change the experience. It actually made me more hesitant sometimes to use 
items, I would actually use found objects a lot of times. Mm. I'll find like a random, you know, liquor bottle and just, you know, eyeball stab a zombie with it mm. because, hey, I don't want to lose my favorite weapon. Mm. Okay. So, so <laughs> that was a fun experience. Yeah. Here's a question for it. What, so what is your favorite weapon? What's the Funny go-to? Enough, I sound cheesy. <laughs> my go-to, I like the axe. Uh-huh. A simple two-handed axe. Nice. Because I was lopping off heads. I mean, <laughs> like, I'll tell you the truth. The interaction and the feedback of just hitting something in the head and then literally I have to use my other hand to dislodge the actual axe out of a zombie's skull. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that felt very realistic. I mean, it had some weird feedback. I'm like, this haptic feedback loop that they created right. felt raw. I right. mean, it was quite surprising how real that felt. It actually kind of felt gross at first. Like, Ooh, it's so combination of squishy noises too right. i mean the sounds along with the visuals really made it work right you know it's interesting because i i remember watching like um youtube demos of the game beforehand when it was first coming out or a little while ago and i remember thinking wow that's like really gory and very violent of a game <laughs> and i'm like holy crap i don't know about that but the thing is i found when i'm playing it all you're thinking about is survival, right? All you're thinking about is like a yes. zombie is coming at me. I got to chop its freaking head off or I'm dead. And it's like, <laughs> you don't start like my, we talked about it being an empathy machine before. Well, it was more an empathy for self, self preservation. And like, I'm just going to do whatever I got to do to the zombies, <laughs> get rid of them, you know? Well, that fits in with the title itself, Saints and Sinners. You know, your choices that you make, you know, you have to make ethical and moral choices. And I felt bad because there are a lot of times when, you know, a non-player character would run up to me begging for food or right. for some pills. And my first reaction is, ooh, I got to shoot you. Sorry. Right. <laughs> like, it, it, I always felt bad. I mean, and that's the impactfulness of the game. The fact that I felt some kind of emotion where I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right. Because other games, you could play the dark path. And not really feel like there's any consequences. Mm-hmm. This one, I felt like I, I did create some consequences for my actions. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, I, I love the axe. I don't. I never found as many axes though. That was my hard. That my go-to weapon. Yes. Were you able to find some? Did you find like an axe stash? Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, it. That was the one thing. Then my axe started going red. I'm right. like, uh oh. Right. <laughs> That's why right. I started panicking. It's, it, it's just. I don't know what it is, but it just felt right in my hands. Right. And also, I freaking love the the Negan baseball bat with various you know pointy objects stabbed into it. But that, the baseball bat just felt satisfying to swing. Totally, yeah. I think my go to is probably in the end the bow and arrow, which uh, yes. the archery because it's like you can get them at a distance. But I know you're probably not supposed to use your, but you can like reuse your arrows. Like you can go and pick them up again and yes. reuse the arrows. So I, I would you yeah go ahead. Well, please. No, I actually like to use the arrow, and the arrows to actually stab things. Because remember, mm. if you miss, at least I could grab it for a little melee, right. which is really, really neat. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've de- I never used a spoon to stab an eyeball of a zombie. I haven't done that <laughs> one yet. Uh, but I have been forced to use certain objects. Like, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, especially later on when you have uh, the zombies with the helmets and the face gear on. So you have to, like, stab yes. them very sort of specifically in the neck or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or the ones with the um, the bugs. Like, remember, uh-huh. there were a couple zombies with the flies infested. surrounding them. That, and that was just disgusting. Because the first time I experienced one, I'm just like, I was up close and personal, unfortunately. Right. And I think it was a liquor bottle I used at the time. And suddenly I'm like, ooh, what's this? Yeah. Ugh. 
Just yeah. foul. I, mean, I can almost smell it through the VR set. I right. swear. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of speaking of spelling, and we're uh, we we're, we're just going through the whole overall thoughts, but I love it. We're going off on a tangent here. But uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool was when sometimes when a zombie dies, you can cut them open and you can take out their guts <laughs> and you can smear it all over your body yes! because they don't kick, they don't kill each other, they don't go after each other. So then they are fooled into thinking you're a zombie. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty cool. I love that. That's fun. And it's a great moment from the series as well. So I loved how they had that many fun callbacks because Mm. there were some great callbacks to, you know, the characters realizing the rules of the zombie world. Um, Mm. Now, I know some people get funny about saying zombie when talking about Walking Dead, but I did my research in Walking Dead issue number 13. Rick Grimes himself used the word zombie. So it's totally fine to say zombie within the framework of Walking Dead. Okay, so explain that. Why... So, okay, why why aren't you not allowed to use zombie? Well, this is the concept. Um, For a lot of genre fiction, the the characters in the actual piece of fiction are blind to all the tropes of the genre. So most zombie fiction, there's no word for zombie because they never had zombies in fiction or in real life. But in the case of Walking Dead, uh, people Hmm. have mentioned the Z word a couple times. So people kind of forget that. They say, oh, it's walkers because every group has their own special name, you know, Mm. for zombies. Mm. Because essentially, hey, you know, we have no telephones anymore. You know, people communicate and share information in different ways. So people have walkers. People have their skin walkers. People have this term and that term. So that's the fun thing with The Walking Dead is that, hey, every region has their own specialty term. But zombies fine, too. I see. Interesting. Okay, it's not that's controversial. <laughs> uh, okay, good. That's good to know because I'll, I, you know, I also feel like the title is a throwback to George Romero, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, yes. Walking Dead, right? So it's like it, it, it's it, so if the if the the storyteller, or the, the the author of this was aware that he was using sort of zombie language to describe the show, then I guess, uh, yeah. I, but why wouldn't zombies have existed in the literature of the world of Walking Dead? Wouldn't they? Didn't they come from our world? Like, isn't that just us? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the fun thing. Yeah. It makes you wonder, you know, I mean, because all the rules about zombies that we have are from fiction. But if no one's experienced it before, it'd actually be kind of freaky in a way. You know, if if you'd never had a term for such a creature, you never had anything in pop culture. I mean, concept of zombies isn't is a fairly new concept when it comes to fiction. I mean, it's one of the newer monsters in the monster canon of film. So I can imagine in 1950 something. If there was a zombie apocalypse, that would be quite disturbing because there's really no framework, right. you know, culturally for that kind of experience. Right. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I guess the the term zombie was not even used in the original Night of the Living Dead. Right. So like if the original yeah. Night of the Living Dead was 1968, I believe. And then uh, mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead was like 76. But and I think at that point they started to talk about zombies. Yeah. Um, it started being more of an explicit term. But yeah. And then but but it was the idea that you had to be, you had to chop off its head in order to kill a zombie that came with night of the living dead and kind of built with the trilogy, the, the dead trilogy with George. Oh Romero. yeah. Um, but, just fabulous um, stuff. but I mean, then I guess that's why they're saying these aren't them. exact. Yeah. These aren't exactly zombies because they, you don't have to chop off their head. You just have to stab them or kill them. And then they're, they're, they're even more dead. That's, that's interesting. 
I think, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. interesting. And also yeah. the concept that everyone's The Walking Dead. You know, that's a great part of The Walking Dead universe is everyone could potentially become a zombie upon death. You know, there's mm. only a handful of people that are seemingly immune, which makes it kind of mm. terrifying. So, you know, anyone could die at any time and then you have a threat. So you're never right. safe in the world of Walking Dead. And, and that's what this game reminded me of. It was just these callbacks over and over again. Nobody's mm. safe. Ah, just lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so here's another question for you. How did you finish the game or how far did you get into the game? Well, I finished it. Oh, but shoot. this is the thing. Okay. I, you know, because remember Saints and Sinners, you know, you get a, you know, different choices on your mm-hmm. actions. Mm-hmm. And I kind of regret being the good guy. I played the middle for most of it. You know, because you have a choice between helping different factions, mm-hmm. you know, essentially it's, you know, there's the law and order crowd versus the free living crowd, you know, mm-hmm. the essentially the reclaimed versus the tower folks. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you're, you're bouncing back and forth, almost like you Jimbo like, you know, you're just kind of, hey, I'm going to kind of work both sides mm-hmm. and just see which one helps you the most. But when I finished it, I felt like, oh, man, I should have gone evil. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got for a darker, that's gone a for the darker for. choice. That's what round two's for. Yeah, that's, that's what round two's for. That's great. So I, I so I, uh, I'm going to be selfish here and say, don't spoil the ending for me. I did not make it all the way to the end yet. I, ma- I made oh, it past. Okay. I made it past the ward and Bywater, and I, I, I basically finished the f- first map. I don't know what happens after that, but I feel like I know where it's going. Um, but yes, but yes. so so let's just let's just t- uh, let's just set up the plot here. Uh, let's see if I can sort of uh, sort of get it. So we've got this guy, the tourist, who's going through New Orleans, and he comes across this. This guy Henri or Henry, right? And yes, and Henry yes. sort of says there's this mythical place that he believes has all these supplies called the reserve, and he's been trying to track the reserve, um, and but now he's basically dead or he's dying and so you have to sort of mercy kill him and you get to take over his old bus that has a lot of his <laughs> uh, gear and all that kind of stuff or his his recipes and things like that and so then you are there's a radio in the bus and then there's a nearby lantern that gives you um that that is a signal right and so you yes, you, yes. you learn that not only is probably the reserve real because the guy in the radio is saying that he's in the reserve he's trapped there and he wants you to rescue him but there's also <laughs> a war going on between like you said the tower and the reclaimed and there's this woman who's giving you symbols uh, this merry woman giving you signals and she yes. wants you she wants vengeance on the tower right uh, because yeah, something bad happened at the tower. I, the funny thing is, I mean, with the whole setup, I mean, we were talking about, you know, we're looking for the treasure trove. You know, that's the whole point. The reserve right. is the place where it's at. And everything focuses on essentially resource management. You know, you're trying to mm-hmm. get your resources together in order to get even more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it felt like, I mean, there's definitely a nice timer going, you know, mm-hmm. you have a combination of days passing, you know, essentially you have some liquor, go to sleep, another day passes and there's less resources go around and also more zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I definitely felt the pressure, you know, mm-hmm. every morning, you know, I'm OK, I have to go out and hunt for more goods and et cetera. But um, overall, I thought it was fascinating that that's reality. You know, if we had this terrific, you know, horrifying event occur, 
first thing people will do is try to find the biggest resource cache available totally. and either share it or keep it for their own. I mean, that's part of that saints and sinners, you know, that moral and ethical choice. Is mm-hmm. it better to share or keep for yourself for your own survival? Um, so, hey, it was a good setup. Yeah. I, I really found it was a great setup. That first cinematic of sorts where you get to see New Orleans and you're in the water in a little boat and just seeing just horrific acts of violence, you know, human on human, zombie on human, et cetera. It, it was a great way to set the tone. Totally. And I, I so I feel like don't 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 tell me if I'm right or I'm wrong, but I feel like where it's going oh, yes, is yes. that uh, Mary and uh, and Casey, who are the guy on the radio, are on a collision course. And you're going to have to make a choice to, to follow either one person's advice or the other because one wants one off and the other one wants the other off or something like that. I don't know if that's where it goes, but that's where I feel like it's setting us up. And it, it, it in a you're sort of nodding, like maybe I'm on the right track. Maybe I got something similar. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I feel like there's, there's, they're setting it up with these different choices that you make throughout the game. Like for example, you meet this guy, this guy who is estranged from his gay lover, right? And you've got a choice. You oh, could yeah. either give him the love note from his gay lover, or you could give him <laughs> a sabotaging note that kind of like takes him down, right? And it's like, okay, there's a, yes. there's exactly what you're saying. Saints is there's a moral choice here that you've got to make, and I feel like that logically would build us up to the ending where there would be the ultimate moral choice, right? Like either you're going to find Valhalla and you're going to have all the goods or you're going to do like the right thing or, you know, it's something like that. Um, So I'm, uh, yeah, I think that's that's the funniest part. Yeah. Cause I felt like people are a little catty in the game. People will leave little notes on the wall just saying, Mm -hmm. I don't like this person. You better watch out for this person. It it was kind of hilarious. And the same thing with the love letter, you know, it's like, how catty is it that someone offered me to send a fake letter to break two people up? You know, it was really interesting how busy bodied people were, even in the zombie apocalypse. You know, it's like, I'm going to break up that relationship. (laughs) That was hilarious. That was a funny moment. I'm like, you are petty. Like we're trying to get food. And this is what you spend energy on. That was fun. (laughs) Actually, I did give the bad letter. I'll be honest. Totally. I guess I got to take a, did you? Or next time you're going to, you did, you you did give the, yeah, I gave him the bad letter just nice. because I That's couldn't hilarious. help it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's the fun part. It's always a question. Should you try to be the paragon and a decent person when you're playing a video game? Or should you just go all out and just, you know, be your id, you know, go out to the darkest, evilest part of your personality? I it's a balance. Right. <laughs> totally. No, totally. Absolutely. That's that's part of the uh, wish fulfillment of this kind of game, right? It's like you can do the bad thing without much consequences. Like you could take off your headset, you could go about your life. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you, you might feel a little pang of guilt or something like that, but that's part of the fun, I guess. That's part of the, the experience for sure. Um, I definitely felt like an outsider. I mean, it was, you know, a van by the river kind of simulator in many ways. You know, you're mm-hmm. literally, I took some old guy's bus and I'm living next to the river. You know, I mean, right. it, it was quite funny where I'm just like, it's a simulator for collecting weird things in my beat up old bus. Right. Because I felt like I end going overboard collecting a little too much. You know, my weapon right. stash was <laughs> way overboard. Totally. I couldn't help it. It's like, let me make some more stuff out of scraps. Right. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, in, in the end, you know, I think there's two things that actually as great as, as, as Half-Life Alex is, and it really is great. You can tell that, 
the guys from half a galaxy are gamers like hardcore gamers and all of the elements of the game is like a fine champagne or something like you're just like wow they oh, really yeah. know the gaming and the mechanics and how to how to get you involved and immersed in a game however the story was totally convoluted and didn't quite come mm. together and the characters when they spoke i always felt like they were off tone like it's like there's an alien invasion <laughs> happening and they're kind of like jokey and kind of like smart asses and you're yeah. like what and i so i could really ex- uh, uh, appreciate that about uh this about the saints and sinners is that number one i could see the structure of the story is a really great way to to put it together and i'm sure because they had so many seasons and so many stories and comics that they were able to experiment with that that they've really honed in on what is this type of story we want to tell and they and then number two uh, because they have so much experience doing the show, they really got the performances right. I think that's what you're saying. And they, oh yeah, yeah, they. You really felt like, yeah, this is exactly like you're only given three options or how to respond to uh, any given question. But I feel like I was like, oh, yeah, those are exactly what I want to say. That's a good dialogue writer who's sort of writing that stuff for oh, us. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I really Some I, classic options. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but oh, yeah, some, just some classic options as far as you know, just you know, the moralistic choice, kind of like you know, positive, neutral, negative. But they all sounded within the character's voice. That's why I always enjoyed um, the traveler. I mean, the tourist. Um, great voice acting um, yeah. for the tourist character. Totally, uh, it really felt like, oh, I am this guy. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Part. Yeah, and I feel like I'm. I feel like the Casey story. Uh, I like how he sort of you get these sort of you get into these sentimental talks and like you kind of ex- you, you, you sort of experience how things are like with him. I wouldn't be surprised if like he's the one you have to kill in the end because he's the one I'm most most emotionally connected to. <laughs> like I feel like they're they've got to be setting me up for the fall, right? Like they've got to be making me be all buddy oh. with this guy, and then like you just got to like kill him or something. I don't know. No spoilers, no, <laughs> but I will tell you this. As far as that relationship goes, I, I, it reminded me of like classic radio plays. Mm. Um, I, I swear I remember something where someone was trapped in like a submarine or something. It's like a 1950s, you know, radio play. And it kind of reminded me of that, you know, where you have one character who's outside and trying to get in and there's one person who's inside and trying to get out and these you know communication back and forth over the radio really built that character in casey like you really feel for him you know mm-hmm. he's terrified i mean he's trapped in a building that's filling with water slowly i mean right. uh, the element of water and the potential for drowning uh, was ever present you know there's always that time limit that's playing in the background where it's like oh is this going to fill up with water are you going to get saved etc right yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because I just today watched um, a demo um, uh, from my friend Matt Sinclair. Shut up, Matt. Where are you? He's been on the show a few times, uh, but he um, he's developing a VR game where um, instead of having like three options where you have dialogue choices uh, like we do mm. in this game, you actually the, the, the responders are smart so you can speak. And they can respond to whatever you say, which like, Ooh. yeah, that expands it way more. Like I, I it's so if, if you sort of think about how big a game could get, if if like Casey could start oh, actually yeah. having a conversation, it could be kind of crazy. But that's, I think, probably where it's going, where you're going to have AI characters who can respond in character to 
your um, your dialogue. Um, and then, of course, oh, it'll probably yeah, it'll probably like in the end winnow you into certain choices you have to make. But the way that you get there will be more free and open. So I think that's probably where it's where it's headed. Um, but I can um, see that. I mean, especially I mean, we're at another leap. You know, I mean, we hit a graphical you know, stalemate of sorts last mm-hmm. couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, graphics didn't really change exponentially, but we're at a point where AI, that's yeah. going to be the next big change for video games and interactive entertainment. Totally. So I'm looking forward to, you know, smarter AI enemies and you know, totally. things like that. I mean, I thought the enemies in this were, were smart enough, right? but because of the VR immersion, the, the things that don't seem too human stands out. You know what I mean? Totally. Even something as simple as, uh, let's say, like the couple. You know, I have that letter. Um, I did like, you know, the the narration aspect. You, know, you pick up a letter, you get to hear the person's voice. Great narration. But sometimes I'm like, hey, technically I'm in a game and I'm standing right in front of the person and I'm <sighs> reading the letter. Right. I kind of wish there was that little bit of feedback where it's like, hey, man, that's personal or right. et cetera. You know, that's sometimes funny. the gameness got in the way of that immersion because I'm like, oh, yeah. The game doesn't know I'm reading the letter. You know, it's just the character's just bobbing his head on standby. Um, so oh, sometimes okay. I wish I had that one extra layer of interaction where they're like, you know, personal space. You know, you get into someone's space in real life. They say, hey, give me some space. In oh, the game, right. you know, you're two inches away from an NPC and they don't notice you. Yeah, uh, yeah, those yeah. little things. That's the near future. You know, totally. We need some more of those aspects of interaction. Totally. So, so speaking of gameplay, we're um, there's a few other things in here that I think they have room for improvement. I don't know about you, but like I, I was constantly missing my holsters with my guns and my knives and things <laughs> yes. like that. It's like, come on, I'm in a I'm in a fight with like five zombies and I can't like get my <laughs> thing in my holster that it's dropped and then I'm like, oh no, I've lost my like super knife and like that was that kind of got to me after a while. <laughs> Dropping stuff. Oh my goodness, yeah. I, I keep forgetting which finger was the hold button for some reason so right. either i'll drop a gun or i'll shoot on accident because i definitely accidentally killed myself a few times right you know i'm trying to put the gun away and then i shot myself and i'm like oh no yeah <laughs> they yeah. have to run and get your stuff yeah like Sh- that's the worst thing i shot myself and then someone stole my stuff because <laughs> i didn't get it in time that oh, was no. hilarious all my loot uh, I, I do love that concept you know, they leave your loot where you died and you have to run back to get it as soon as possible. Yeah, I would say, though, that I almost <laughs> never use that. I almost never because then it's like you're going out to get your loot without any weapons. And I was like, there's no way I do that. I would just start the whole the level over again. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I learned my lesson. It got yeah. a little frustrating because I'm yeah. like, OK, I have enough stamina. Right. Try to run. Uh oh. It's like you know, running an oatmeal after a certain point. It was kind of hard. Right. <laughs> there was only one spot that I would do. I think I did it strategically where it was like, I think it was like in the gym when I had went and talked to Justin or something like that. And then I, and mm-hmm. then the zombie started attacking on the way back. And I knew that if I had just let my gear drop near the skiff, I would be able to like run and get it really quick. But most like 99% of the time, oh. I would just start the level over if I died and like have all my stuff. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll admit it. I had to do it a couple times myself. Right. <laughs> the, yeah. the problem is uh, the question of save points. You know, did it save when I got on right. the skiff or did it save the last time I had some liquor? That was a little uh, scary because they didn't explain it that well in the game. So there were a couple times right. where I did, you know, just say, oh, I'll just reload a previous save. And I'm like, uh oh, I think I'm a little further back than I expected. Mm. Um, I, I really wish they 
I think I don't know. Autosave is the future. You know, like having to manually save, aka, you know, take a drink, go to sleep, or you know, I think they needed to have a couple more points in the middle. Because that felt old school, um, you know, like an yeah. old Resident Evil game where you had to go to a typewriter to save and there's 10 right. zombies on the way to the typewriter. Right. I had a few of those moments. A little totally. frustrating. Yeah, I think so. I think that the I think officially when you sleep, it saves, but also when you travel on your boat, it saves. Right. So, yeah. I th- yeah, so that yeah, I think those are the two. But it got. Yeah. But I, I, I at first I was also really scared about that. And I got I started to get like just constantly be going back to sleep so that it would save. And then I realized I was on like day 10 and I hadn't done anything. And I'm like, Oh crap. Like all the, all the supplies <laughs> are gone. There's going to be, but I, I actually feel that that's a bit of a red herring. Like I don't feel like if you take more days, they really make it that much more difficult for you because that would really suck. Right? Like the worse you are at the game, yeah. the more difficult it gets. And then you would just be so <laughs> frustrated that you would never finish it. So I feel like they probably go easy on that, but it is a nice threat. That it's like every day that you sleep, there's going to be more zombies and there's going to be less gear. Like it's it, it does create that like tension and, and kind of anxiety that runs through the game, which you want in this kind of a game. Oh, yeah. And talk about tension and anxiety. I did love the the watch. Yeah. You know, the element of time, the timekeeping for, you know, essentially the bells to ring and a huge horde of zombies would appear. That was yeah. a fun concept because there's many times where, I, you know, I'm just grabbing loot and, you know, finding razor blades and, you know, old books and stuff to right. recycle. And it's suddenly ding, ding, ding. Right. I realize how far am I from my boat? Because now the bell is told and, you know, there's like 20 something zombies coming. Right. That I had some fun experiences running for the boat. Just like, oh, my goodness, can I make it in time? All right. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only, the only other thing I didn't love about the gameplay, and I loved a lot of it, I I, I didn't love that you got tired all the time. <laughs> that just pissed me off. It's like, yes. dude, let me run through the damn game. Like, why do I always have to have endurance problems? But anyway, besides that, um, <laughs> open, something as simple as opening doors was like so frustrating. Like, I th- I feel like I would be okay if the if I turned a doorknob and the door just went through me and opened. I don't always have to like angle myself in the exact right way to get the door open uh, because it's like a solid object. <laughs> I don't know. Those are the, that's another one of my pet peeves. The door that killed immersion for me. Cause yeah. if you look at your wrist within VR, <laughs> right. you know, your wrist would make some bizarre positions. Now I'm trying to turn a doorknob and suddenly it looks like my wrist is broken. And I'm like, Hey, like this a little too much. Um, actually I don't, I go back and forth with how much, um, you know, body I want to see within VR. Mm. Cause I'm not sure if I'm okay with simply fo- floating hands right. versus, you know, all the way to the elbow. Um, sometimes when I go all the way to the elbow, it starts looking unnatural. And that's one thing that creeped me out about this game. There's so many unnatural wrist movements where I, I wish they had some kind of, you know, a stopping mechanism. Say, hey, this is a joint. It shouldn't go in this bizarre and kind of disgusting position. Because right. you know, remember, you could change your skin complexion in the game. So it looked kind of close to my complexion. So that right. kind of freaked me out. And <laughs> do that double take and I see my broken wrist. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to grab a door. Uh, <laughs> That was totally. a little on the annoying side. Yeah, 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 exactly. They'll have to figure that stuff out a little bit more. Um, did you ever have problems where um, you solved a clue or something, but then Casey either wouldn't return in time, like he, he wouldn't get on the radio or like the place that he told you to go wouldn't show up until you slept? Like that kind of that was another thing where yes. it's like I would spend so much time looking for something and like waiting and then be like, what? I, where is it? And then you have to like just sleep and then it sort of reboots itself or something like that. That, that was the only other glitch that I that, found. 
Yeah, that, that kind of killed my immersion because I you keep remembering there's a game mechanism that will activate this next part mm-hmm. instead of something more natural. Yeah. So that did bother me a little bit because, yeah, I'm like, hey, man, I'm waiting for you. Oh, you have to drink and sleep and wait for the day to start again. Right. OK, that's the only thing. Sometimes when a game reminded me I'm playing a game, that's where the immersion got killed. But the other right. moments were, you know, you're just living and doing, you know, you're existing in that world and trying to survive. those are the highlights for me totally yeah yeah so okay so let's just talk about style for a second so i i um i don't know how did you you said you love this sort of dark apocalyptic feel um i i think that yeah go ahead well here's the thing i like the look and the feel but the only problem is they reuse a lot of assets Mm -hmm. i swear that one little girl's like barbie pink tricycle where I'm like, how, how can one family of two have three of these in the backyard? I, I did encounter a lot of the same objects. Mm-hmm. And also, um, a lot of times, um, you know, in regular old school video games, you have invisible walls. You, know, you can't go so far in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Well, the equivalent of invisible walls here would just be a stack of cars. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, can I go here? Oh, it's a stack of cars. Oh, it looks like there's enough room, but I actually can't traverse it. Right. Th- that, that That's the one thing that did bother me. I, I mean... I, Beautiful environments, but at the same time, I didn't feel like I could interact enough with them. Mm-hmm. They just totally. seem like just things to block my path, you know, or to create new paths. Totally. Yeah. And I would say that they, um, I not only reused assets, but reused environments. Like if you basically the, from you go from world to world to world and they're not all that different. Like they, you're kind of like yeah. when you get off your boat, you're kind of like, oh, wasn't I just here? But it's just a little more foggy this time. And like they changed the yeah. angle of the broken down ambulance. But really, it's just like <laughs> the same kind of thing. I, I that that I mean that I you know, you have to give them some credit that they are creating this what I think is a really huge achievement for the straight up Oculus game. And they probably spent, they had a budget that they had to, this is all, it's almost like, you know, in 2018, I think when this game was first released, it's like there wasn't that many Oculus users. So that for them to make their, investment back they have to have a certain budget limit there's a cap to how much they can spend yes and i feel like you have to kind of be like okay this is like an indie film almost like they were really doing it on a shoestring and so i i I kind of um tried to appreciate it for that and realizing look they've really created an extensive game with all of these characters in this story and okay the assets are the same and some of the environments are the same uh and the poly count i mean i think they did a really great job with the, the low poly not that it's as low poly as in here but it's like definitely yes. you could tell the 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 pixel poly ratio is is a little clunkier than maybe in half-life alex or something like that but i think that when you put everything in darkness and shadow and then you put everything broken it makes you kind of feel like yeah that's okay like i totally get that this is how it would feel sort of clunky and poly like this um so i think they did a great Mm. job of masking their limitations with the look of the game for the most part you know it was a smart move i mean because they they didn't want to go fully photorealistic they it's more on the cartoonier side right which I like. I, in VR, I don't want realism. I prefer <laughs> a nice, fast frame rate. I, I want consistency of the experience right. before photorealism. Right. So for me, the models reminded me of um, the Telltale um, games that they made a couple years ago. Um, hmm. Telltale, um, I don't believe that studio is still open, um, but they made hmm. some wonderful, um, you know, kind of storytelling games with um, Walking Dead characters. 
Um, really mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. Um, choice based. Um, you know, they're almost like an old school adventure game. Um, if you remember, like you know, classic classics from you know Lucas Lucas Arts from back in the day. Um, those classic adventure games. Um, so I. I did feel that um, there was a certain aspect of, you know, cartoony characters, which worked well for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the zombies, you know, I like the fact that they weren't overly textured. They're just textured enough. Um, so that way the dismemberment didn't feel too gruesome. You know, <laughs> right. that, that was the other part. You know, if right. I'm going to chop off something's head and toss it, I don't want it to look too real. Right. So it, it kept me in, in a nice little world where it felt fun still without right. being gruesome, if you know what I mean. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, I totally get that. I, I think that probably uh, I agree with you and you have a good point, but in the future, that's going to go out the window and they're just <laughs> they're just going to be like, yeah. they're just going to be as realistic. It's like Mortal Kombat back in the day. Like the more realistic, the better. Like kids are like, <laughs> dad, blood. But yeah, I totally agree. Oh, that, no. Yeah. That or would you'd be, be like me, the kid with the Super Nintendo who got the, you know, the sweat. I didn't get the blood. I had the sweat in my Mortal Kombat. So yeah. sad. So sad. <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. That's funny. Um, all right. Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's see. We got well. What do you think? Do you, we got. Uh, it looks like uh, you know you don't have too much competition here for the trivia challenge. Are you willing to? Uh, are you willing to? They're, you know they're pretty much they're they're pretty lo- they're law balls. You're gonna kill. You're gonna kill it. Uh, <laughs> we'll just. All right. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Let's give it a try. All right. Here we go. All right, here we go. Trivia question number one. These are the easiest questions for you. Name the two factions at war. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, that'll be the Reclaimed and the Tower. That's right. One one for Jonathan, zero for Simulation Nation. All right. Question two. What city does the game take place in? Oh, these are some super law balls, super law balls for you. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's all about the pronunciation, is it? Knowledge or New Orleans. There you know, you it depends on who you're speaking to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, we'll just we'll just breeze through these. Question three. Who is trapped in the reserve? Do you remember his oh, name? Oh, poor Casey. <laughs> poor poor Casey. Casey. That's right. All he, uh, in the in the radio, you just have this gesture face, uh, you know, that he represents, and it's like, oh well, you know. I, actually, I wonder if that has a deeper. <laughs> I wonder if that has a deeper meaning. I wonder if he's lying to you or something like that. Hmm. Oh no! Well, no spoilers. No spoilers. But I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, you know, your fate is in his hands. That's uh-huh. all I could say. Uh-huh. I bet. I bet it's true. Okay, got it. Uh, all right, question four. What is your name in the game? Well, technically, it's a nickname. I'm the tourist. That's right. Which which I find fascinating. You know, you're the tourist because I guess in this post-apocalyptic world, rumors spread from town to town so everyone knows about my exploits. <laughs> which, once again, catty people right. in that game. Everyone's <laughs> right. gossiping about you. It's totally true. They really do. Just like they just like I guess that yeah, it's like guys, like, yeah, focus on other things. I guess there's just no happiness in that world. Everyone's just mad and anxious and they've got to put their bile somewhere, right? And it's just like we're just gonna tear everyone else apart. Doesn't matter who you are. It's totally true. All right. Last but not least, uh, how does Mary signal that she has informed for okay, I, I feel embarrassed. I, I didn't realize it was gonna be only you. Usually there's like ten people around here who are kind of like, oh, I haven't played in two years. Let me see if I can remember. But, you know, uh, anyway. Well, actually, I did like I did like the concept of, you know, the dead drop. 
hint, hint, uh-huh. you know, where you could actually de- leave, leave items behind for Mary to communicate with you. That was kind of cool. Right. So it's like, hey, you know, it turns on the light. Oh, I know there's going to be something in the dead drop so I can get another communique or a key or some kind of clue. Totally. Uh, that was actually a fun part of the game, actually. I actually like that. It's like, oh, look, there's a beacon. OK, it's time to go collect what she's left behind. Totally. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked it as well. It's, it's really good. And uh, it's sort of a good use of your home base where you go in through the, um, what are they called, the catacombs, and then you you go into yeah. the, the little the tomb there This is and the church and all that stuff. It's really pretty cool, for sure. Yeah, that was an unexpected moment because I, I didn't, I was like, oh, okay, I thought this was just going to be my base camp, but they right. enhanced it. You know, you're yeah. connecting with the environment. You have to open the little crypt or whatever and put stuff in it. Totally. I loved it. Yeah. Totally. Cool. All right. Well, um, that brings us to our final. <laughs> oh, and Wilson saying, wow, many times. So this is the uh, this is wow oh, score. Wow. This is wow score time where uh, 10 wows. <laughs> 10 wows is like, holy crap, this thing's amazing. Zero wows is like, what the hell did I just waste my life doing? Um, and um, uh, what do you want to go first? Do you want to? Go All right, I will say I'll give it an eight. Eight okay. wows. Okay. And, and I think eight's a good score because, I mean, there's a lot of great moments, great drama, great voice acting, but a few little improvements. It's obvious that in the three years since it came out, there's been a lot of advances in you know, VR and interactions mm-hmm. and immersion. So I think the next sequel is going to knock us through the roof. It's going to be a 10 out of 10. But mm. eight, a solid eight right now, I think that's fair. Right. Very cool. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this. Is there a game on the Oculus that you've played that you like better? That's a funny one. Mm-hmm. For this kind of experience, not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, technically, this still is the fullest, you know, regular, you know, if I had a console, if I wanted to play a full game and get like, I mean, it, it, ta- it took me almost like 16 hours or so mm-hmm. like to get to the ending mm-hmm. um and I, and I wasn't really rushing i was moseying along through doing my daily tasks and crafting i was able to find the fun even at times where i thought hey what am i supposed to do next you know, there were still times i could occupy myself within the game world itself mm-hmm. so the crafting mechanic and just foraging i mean it definitely felt like i was in character and i was role-playing um, I definitely have to give it credit for a high level of role play feeling mm-hmm. where it's like I'm trying to boost up better equipment. I know the consequences of bad equipment, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, so, okay. So that's, so that's good. So I, I feel like, so, you know, it's, it's really hard to judge like what, um, because when you first get your Oculus, everything is just like, so wow it's like holy crap that's incredible but then you start to start to like play a bunch of games and you get sort of used to it so i remember like vader and mortar i was just like wow this is insane this is so awesome but then now i would play it (laughs) and i'm like well it's like 10 minutes long and it's like you don't really do (laughs) um not too much yeah so i you know i'm gonna go with this being i think Look, I have to admit, again, once again, like Half-Life Alex, but that doesn't even count. Like I give that like a full score. Like that is like my ultimate high. But that's not even this gaming system. Like that's like a completely that's like the rift, right? Like that's yeah. like so that's a, it doesn't you sh- it's not fair to compare the two. So I do feel like this is my favorite game, immersive story game world that I entered with the straight up Oculus. Um and so I really loved it for that. And I'm gonna give it 
I'm going to give it like an eight and a half. I think I'm going to go. I think it's like, <laughs> I think it's, I, I really appreciate the sort of emotional connection with the characters. Uh, I, I, I think its drawbacks are and its limitations are probably due to the fact of budgetary constraints and, and, and maybe even technical constraints. So like the graphics, the fact that you can't play with more things in your environment. I totally agree with that because again, like halfway Alex, you can play with literally everything. Um, and, yeah. um, the fact that you're constantly going over the same ground and even when you're not, the environments feel very similar. Like it's like, well, I'm having deja vu here. Like, I feel like I was just here. Um, and so, you know, the fact that it was made in 2018 is very interesting to see what the next type of game will that's coming out in 2021 or 2022, how they'll be able to expand on that. But for uh, what it gave us, for what it uh, for for what it had and the limitations it had, I really give it kudos. I really am having a great time. I'm not finished it yet, but I do like I, my a true test of the game is do I want to go and spend time in there and do I want to finish it? Like, do I want to keep going? And both of those things are true. I want to go. I'm like urged to go into it and just to, to finish it off. Uh, and that's, a, that's a great sign. So I do, uh, I do like it a lot and I'm giving it, yeah, eight and a half. There you go. Oh, there's definitely some replayability as well. Yeah. Um, that's the fun part. There is end game content. Right. Um, so you definitely have an opportunity to keep scavenging and forge, forging new weapons. And also, um, there's the horde mode, um, the trial that's included. Right. So um, you do have a couple opportunities. Hey, if you just want to have an endless swarm of zombies coming at you, you still have something to play. You know, it's not like game is over. You still have something to do. Totally. So totally. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. 8.5 sounds right. Right. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, um, this was really, really fun, Jonathan. So thank you, first of all, for choosing this. Uh, I would, I probably wouldn't have gotten it if you hadn't <laughs> chosen it. I'm glad you did uh, because I'm having a great time playing it. Uh, and it's just like great to, to, to hang out again and like, you know, <laughs> Wonderful. It's been so long. So we, let's give an avatar high five here. High yeah. five. There we go. <laughs> um, so it was really I think cool. I just hit something in real life. What's that? <laughs> I think I hit something in real life. <laughs> oh, the little crap. high five. That's I awesome. Heard go ding. We'll nice. see what that was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've broken I've broken a glass. I had I've broken a glass in here and it like sharded all over my feet, but I didn't know. Like I was so immersed that I didn't know and my wife was oh, like no. on her hands and knees like cleaning it up all around my feet. Like I felt so bad I owed her for that one. Um but in any case, um so Jonathan, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you can always visit me. Um I'm on well, actually, I'm on Twitter at the moment. Um, you can visit Jonathan Boyce. I don't have any content just yet because at the moment I'm in the middle of doing some audio fiction, but mm. I'm not ready to make any announcements. But I'm um, at you know, Twitter at Jonathan Boyce. Um, you'll be able to connect with me and find links for upcoming works. Very cool. All right. You heard it here, guys. Well, um, once again, Jonathan, it was it was really great. And uh, I hope you come back and I hope we can geek out about some more games. Definitely. Hey, thank you so much. Great to see you. Absolutely. And thank cool. you to the Simulation Nation. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, Simulation Nation. Um, all right. Well, thank you for teleporting in to this worldcast of Simulation Nation. Whether you're with us in virtual reality or 2D or listening to the podcast a week from now on Spotify or iTunes. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at the Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, Facebook and Discord. And join us next week for our deep dive into the writings of Council of the Wise member Philip K. Dick with the dickheads who run a podcast solely about Philip K. Dick. Until then, stay plugged, my friends. <laughs>